the Protect Your Neck Podcast, UFC San Antonio Breakdown, picks, plays, and whatever else comes our way. Let's go to work. Hot air hangs like a dead man from a white oak tree. People sitting on porches thinking how things used to be. Dark night. It's a dark night. Dark night. It's a dark night. Hey yo, what's up my friends? Hopefully the audio is adjusting. I just had to make an adjustment last minute on the fly as I went live. Here on the YouTube channel, of course, I'm Dan Tom uh, at Dan Tom MMA, as you can see on the name tag here. You might see my work at MMAJunkie.com, Action Network, but on this year's program, the Protect Your Neck Podcast, we break down high-level MMA. Uh, today, tonight, whenever you're listening to this, hopefully it's before the fight, recording this late on a Thursday night, West Coast Pacific time in Las Vegas for UFC San Antonio, UFC on ESPN 43, UFC Fight Night, Marlon Chito Vera versus Corey Sanhagen. Of course, as per usual, I'll be breaking down that card or what I was able to run the proverbial comb through from top to bottom. Check the timestamps if you're listening in the future, future, future. Of course, on Apple, iTunes, five-star ratings and reviews are appreciated. Usually I do the self-deprecating. I don't deserve it. And although I am a couple minutes late today, hey, we're riding like, I think, like three or four winning streaks or something like as far as events go. Of course, nothing to get uh, too high on. Your, your luck can, can change that fast in this game. Still a losing year. Still been getting my butt kicked more than most. Uh, and grateful to get whatever I get. So uh, not going to try not to be self-deprecating, but definitely not riding too high. Uh, but, you know, in, in my defense, if you will. Of course, if you're on YouTube, hello there. Live, especially hello. Likes and subscribes if you want to join in the chat here. Uh, those are always more than welcome. Uh, and, of course, I will update with timestamps. Of course, even like the better timestamps now. Shout out to the... Jack Slag timestamp uh, dude on uh, YouTube that pops in and out of these comments here sometimes. Um, taught taught your old boomer boy here how to do it. So um, after this here show is over, uh, the party does not stop for me uh, as far as the work goes. And I will uh, get those up for you. Uh, as per usual, going to recap the last event, do some shouts, a little bit of live chat along the way. Maybe a little bit of uh, Amazon uh, link, uh, you know, uh, click-throughs to see what who bought what to support this here. Uh, shit show, free shit show, uh, you know, uh, ways to support. Of course, we are hosted by MixedMarshallAnalyst.com, which is my website. Uh, and if you go down to the right, you will see secure PayPal link if you want to donate to the show straight up because I'm too lazy. Not too lazy. I'm just, we'll get to it this week. You you guys know the drill. Uh, it's it's constant uh, Dan Tom stuck in an anger management movie, uh, like he's Adam Sandler or uh, Ben Stiller meet the parents movie. Uh, a victim of uh, uh, not a victorium of circumstance like Jessica I, but yes, victim of circumstance. At least sometimes it seems. So I don't know if it's laziness in my defense, but yeah, um, <clears throat> it's 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 been a it's been a bit of a it's been it's been a little bit tough in that department. Hey, Mark Fellows in the chat. Sorry, I'm getting sidetracked here as people are piling in on my own producer. So I'm also doing the old. Walk and talk here as I'm going to go share on Twitter. Although we are kind of broadcasting live on Twitter, so here you go. But, um, yo, DT, worth cracking a cold beer for my friend. Cheers. Thanks, man. I'm on the, uh, I'm on the wine tonight a little bit. Uh, I've been good this week, and usually I don't drink during these, these shows. <laughs> I try not to. Anyways, it's been a while. Uh, you know, only if it's like a special occasion, but a uh, special occasion was tonight. Uh, I was having an anniversary dinner with uh, my girlfriend and 
eh, things just get hard to juggle and it's my fault it's my responsibility my accountability I'm not playing any violin here I'm just saying uh at the end of the day, you know, no matter what crazy confluence of circumstance that I might be complaining about or what's going on in your guy's life, um, justified or not, it is very important to make time for the important things. So um, not a wholehearted complaint, no violin playing here, believe me, none of that. Not asking for any sympathy, not definitely none of that. I'm very grateful. Just explaining uh, what I was trying to fit in and why we have a bit of a, a late start time. Did a little anniversary dinner. Uh, and uh, yeah, man, you just gotta make make time for the loved ones in your life. Like we're gonna get to the, you know, the breakdown and the MMA talk and the gambling and the, the technique and whatever you know is your excuse for being here. Which you know, I don't know why you're here, but thank you. Uh, whatever the reasoning is, you know, all that stuff is silly. It, what's important is uh, you know, is uh, is, is loved ones, uh, memories, friendships. Uh, yeah, quality time. Whether you know, it's with an animal, cat, dog, uh, family, or friend you know, significant other. So, uh, hopefully, um, you know, you guys, uh, make time for whatever that is. I understand that not everybody is, is, is as lucky to have, uh, you know, big support systems or this or that. Like, I believe me, I definitely understand that, but I'd like to think that we all have, you know, again, you know, when you get the, you know, the animals included into the equation, um, y'all have, y'all have someone in your life. So hopefully, uh, you make the proper time because it's really good therapy for yourself. And I'm trying to do better for myself. I could certainly use it. So enough of that. Uh, enough of my excuses. We're going to push on here. Thank you guys for joining. We got Ghost Phantom in the house. Hey, yo. Can't stay long, but just wanted to say what's up, Dan. What's up, my man? Appreciate you. Apologies for the late start times. A lot of you guys actually like, make it a point to come hang out. So when I do change it, like my seven listeners are like, uh, my seven live viewers are actually, uh, you know, kind of displaced a bit. So uh, apologies to my loyal ones out there. Y'all know who you are. Appreciate you. Um, gonna share this uh, again uh, as you guys pile in. Uh, I will get to uh, questions as I can, but again, it's uh, it's a uh, loose format here. Loose format here. Sorry. There we go. Yeah, it sucks when you uh, don't have a. You just kind of got to do it all on your own. You're like, hey, let me uh, fumble about here. All right, here we go. There we go. We're, we're back in business. We got it. We got it. We're good. We're good. You're going to just do the tweet and walk and talk, and we'll get on with the show. Coming in, coming off a of winning night, we're going to recap UFC 286. It was definitely a fun one. Um, wasn't able to go back and rewatch uh, too much or anything. So, again, I'm not going to beat any dead horses uh, at this point. Most of the things have been unpacked. And, you know me, I'm not a victory lapping type, so we won't be uh, going over things too crazily, hopefully. And uh, I'll try to keep this one, uh, you know, as short as possible. I know, I know. Y'all can listen in the future. Can go check me right now to see if I did that. Uh, but I'm gonna tweet here so we can get on with the program. I can uh, fuck us as a uh, quote mall rats. All right, live now. Live now. Breaking down. UFC San Antonio, New York City. What was that? Uh, uh, what was that salsa commercial for? For those uh, you know of my day. Join here. Boom. All right. Cool. Yes, Leon Edwards is a friend of the Technique Nerds. You are right, Ghost Phantom. Uh, definitely a friend of the Technique Nerds. We'll, we'll definitely get to that here. Um, I want to shout my guy, uh, D, uh, D Loves uh, underscore there, uh, Turmeric on uh, Instagram. Of course, the Turmeric Tonic. 
dot com if you want to find uh, the product. Got some nice lemon ginger turmeric. Got to got to get up on ordering some there. Uh, again, my week kind of got uh, disjointed here, uh, but uh, yeah, whether it's for uh, anti-inflammatory needs, with uh, you know, I'm probably going to be uh, possibly probably having another surgery in my future. Finding out this week. Um, <clears throat> So, uh, but uh, yeah, man, I uh, you know, inflammation is, a, is, is is an mf'er. I feel like there's not a bad time, you know, uh, to combat it. So uh, yeah, uh, if you guys aren't already on the turmeric, I like to chop in, I like to get that turmeric fiber. I do like to chop some into my smoothies. Uh, did that yesterday. I wasn't able to get the smoothie in today. Um, but uh, when you're not able to do that, and there's a lot that goes in with that uh, that, that pre-made juice. <clears throat> my guy uh, D Love uh, makes is amazing. Use Protect. 15 for 15% off at the turmericktonic.com. Uh, thank you guys for clicking on the Amazon click through links. Um, this is a couple things. We'll, since I already plugged it off the top, uh, somebody bought bottomless pit LP was not cheap. Let me go see. Uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Th that was, uh, that was not cheap. Uh, bottomless pit EP there. Um, vinyl I'm guessing, but even that, I don't know. It's just, I'm not going to get too much into the price, but yeah, Oh, maybe four. Oh, okay. It looks like maybe they bought a few of those. So uh, maybe for some gifts and stuff. So look at that. Somebody is is not just doing something nice and paying something forward, you know, to that core group I spoke of earlier, but they're doing something that doesn't cost them an extra dime and helps out this year program. They went to mixedmarshallanalyst.com first. Toggle to the right. Click through that Amazon link, which is right below or right above the Onnit link, uh, which doesn't provide me, you know, a list of what you're shopping for. But uh, you know, uh, it still helps nonetheless. Still the same deal there. Amazon does. Don't worry. It doesn't tell me who you are. So if you want to have your David Carradine one night in Bangkok, you go right ahead. Uh, no, There's a judgment-free zone here. Um, it helps the program, honestly. So uh, someone else got a creative act, a way of being. Um, what is that, a book? I'm going to guess it's a book. Yeah, it looks like a, looks like a, a book Kindle edition there. Okay, very cool. And lastly, but not leastly, uh, not cheap either, by the way, Godfather Trilogy 4K. Little Godfather there. Hey, I just had some Italian food. Hey. Um, it's probably offensive somehow. I don't know. <laughs> Part Italian. Uh, that's an excuse. But, yeah, thank you guys for clicking on the uh, click-throughs there. Uh, MixedMarshallAnalyst.com. Look at that. We already knocked down that. We're going to go to the UFC 286 uh, recap here. Jersey Lee. Hey, just saw the. Da, da, da. Hey, just saw the hearing for TikTok. Makes me sad that MMA is being saturated with politics. Hope you're well done. Thank you, Jersey Lee. Um, I missed out on that. Like, I just I feel like every time like I've I've peeked on Twitter, it's been just kind of bum out news. Like, there's just like they're taking away all the actual blue check mark people now, and it's just uh, I don't know what it is anymore. But it just it, it's all silly. Instagram too. You just I don't know. Um, Jersey Lee says, is a fellow Chinese-American, it makes me... Uh, sorry, I couldn't read that for a second. Sorry, as a fellow Chinese-American, it makes me sad to see the Asian side of our culture being attacked. Yeah, it, it definitely it definitely sucks, man. There's There's been definitely a lot of, stu uh, a lot of stuff on these streets. I think, like, uh, you know... Uh, it was cool to see Japan win the, the, the World uh, Baseball Series. I did the Pride Edit. That, that picked up some heat, which was funny. Um, on the old Twitter sphere there. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know if that inspired it, but like, uh, there's that Boston radio guy, which is hilarious because he looks just like John Anik. <laughs> I, I honestly just, uh, you know, I'm so busy and so behind this week. I, I didn't want to get wrapped too wrapped up in a 
that or actual lighthearted things, uh, whether commenting on serious things like that that you're speaking of, Jersey Lee or whatnot. But uh, you know, I think it was funny the guy looked like John Anik and was a Boston sports radio guy. Shout out to JA, by the way. But yeah, there's there's just it feels like it's like every week. It's it's a real it's a real bummer. So uh, shouts to you to you guys and uh, you know to anybody out there. Like you know, we had what uh, what freaking you know uh, Kamara Usman. You know, I again I, I picked Leon Edwards. We're gonna get to the UFC. 286, we go 12 minutes here roughly. Uh, 1150. UFC 286 uh, recap. You know, I picked Leon Edwards, uh, played him, yada yada, hoo hoo, ha ha. But man, I'll tell you, I was almost like part of me was just rooting for Kamaru uh, by the end of the week after just seeing just, you know, and again, it's stuff we shouldn't care about. And who knows, maybe, a you know, a decent percent of it is bots. Not that that means there's no racism, but yeah. Like, just seeing all the, 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 the racist BS comments littered. And again, like, you know, there's plenty of, of, of criticisms or things that you can, like, legitimately not like about somebody. I'm not telling you guys who to like and not like. That's definitely never my prerogative. You guys know that. But, yeah, yeah, speaking to that and trying to keep that same energy for, you know, you know my brothers and sisters of different colors, right? Uh, we're all different shapes and sizes and colors and whatnot. But, it, you know, people being discriminated for BS is people being discriminated for BS. It's never fun to see Jersey Lee, but thank you for chiming in. Speaking, my man who appreciates the same energy over there, we got James Kendrick in the house. Uh, all right, we have, but yeah. Uh, speaking of UFC 286, again, it was, it was funny. I was always like rooting for Usman. You know, part of me just just seeing how much uh, kind of crap and strays he was uh, he was taken throughout the uh, throughout the week and stuff and. Uh, you know, I, I jumped on a, a Sirius XM with Ryan McKinnell and uh, um, uh, Andreas Hale. Uh, I think I pronounced that last name. But anyways, two two people I respect, obviously, a lot in the space. And uh, I forget who I'm speaking to with them, but they're like, you just came out and say it. it's because he's black. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. <laughs> but it, it, was, it, was, uh, it was funny to see that heat. Uh, that being said, uh, Leon Edwards was the guy that won either way, so... Um, you know, there there are, are positives to this, uh, regardless. Leon Edwards, of course, has his own narrative um, of adversity coming up from a different, you know, uh, part of the world, a different martial arts journey within the UFC outside of it. All that good stuff, great uh, story, obviously, which was re-highlighted when, of course, he won the rematch. But, again, there was a lot of talk of, you know, uh, it was kind of fluky, Kamaru dominated outside of the things. And again, folks, I'm not trying to you know, be the victory lap guy or anything. The only reason why I even commented on it is because people were overdoing it with the age narrative and, and the diminishment narrative, which is not, not a part of the narrative. I did think Kamaro did look diminished, you know, whether we're talking about wrestling, speed, looking himself and whatever subjective measurement that may be, sure, count me in. But I don't think it should be like an overwhelming thing, right? Because... You know, whether it was the Southpaw building that led to it and the montage that I laid out uh, in the Southpaw report last week. Which, by the way, I want to start capping these off um, by completing the reports after the event finishes and saying, uh, tallying up how the Southpaws did in each event. I think that'd be pretty cool, and I, I should do that and go back. To do that, I shouldn't be too hard to track, especially since I laid out the uh, groundwork. I try to cough away from like not to affect, <clears throat> but yeah, um, you know, in that clip, like you shows like literally the first strike of the fight at like four minutes and fifty four seconds around one in their rematch is a body kick and it sets the tone, and he goes between the front kick and the the front kick teep to the uh, you know 
uh, Thai style mid mid round kick um, variations, right? I've spoke about this before. The Sidichai bodybuilding, another southpaw. You can build your whole game with that by incorporating legs and head. You start off with the body, and um, Edwards did that. You know the front teeps and everything. It was already there. And even him being fatigued, which the altitude did play a factor. Again, it's not that it did not, but also that part was just overplayed from one part of the steering wheel. Now everybody's overcorrecting the other, right? Going from, oh, he was lucky to, oh, if if it wasn't for elevation, he would have probably just done that the whole time. Like, how do you go from lucky to, like, one factor and he would have done that the whole time? First of all, he did start the fight winning the fight, winning the first round. That's why, not to be obnoxious, but I was like, all caps, Leon wins the first round again, and I, you know, qualified for those who forget and was just writing off like, oh, he he didn't do anything. And yes, even back with the fatigue, what did I say, folks? Go back and watch the actual 50-50 clenches. Not when Kamaru was able to get a well-timed shot or rear waist cinch as Leon built back to his base slowly. Um, Leon won pretty much all the 50-50s, even gassed, um, and was hitting him with knees. And you see him rock him with said knees in this fight. Uh, so, again, it was a better Leon. Like, there was a pocket exchange that I shared that was just amazing. You know, something even that we really haven't seen from Leon at that level, right? Uh, it was a better Leon. People are not wrong for saying that. But, you know, it's almost just like, folks. And I know I wasn't the only one. I hope I wasn't. But, like, it's like, this was this was here. This was here. I was pointing it out the whole freaking way. They're like, oh, he found a way to deal with his wrestling. I'm like, no, he, he found a way in the first fight to deal with his wrestling. He really wasn't that effective. It was body is that That's how strong body language and optics are, right? I mean, that's really, you know, how strong it is. You know, we'll we'll, we'll talk about uh, Manel Cap and Mateusz Nikolaou, that third round I was just recently rewatching, and I was like, wow, you know, that was one of the few close decisions, especially of that year, that went my way. Um, and I still feel that there's a more than justified argument for it going my way, but to be honest, I'm like I feel like I lose that round to cop more often than not that gets scored against Nikolau because of the optics. Even though Nikolau hit him much much more times than cops late flurry, I'm jump trying not to jump ahead here. Uh, you know the fact is, cop no sold a lot of those shots, and Nikolau almost had like a tentative eyes open whether he was rocked or not, and then all you need is to give off that vibe, then you have the commentators going, oh, he's rocked, he's rocked, and then everybody, you go to MMA decisions, and you barely see any dissenting Nikolaus scores, right? And it becomes the ever bulletproof proof for anybody that was betting the cop side going, see, 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 look at MMA decisions. But it's like, no, everyone at MMA decisions is, is fucking listening to that broadcast. And if that broadcast says someone's hurt, um, those rounds, go look every time, every time someone says, oh, he's rocked, even if it's a close round or a round that's close and arguably should have gone the other way, you will see disproportionate scores on MMA decisions because the people that are actually covering the sport that should be submitting scores to MMA decisions, they're too busy doing live play-by-plays. They're not and and they're because they are working cage side for the most part, right? Uh, not saying people that only work in cage side are qualified and that there's no unqualified people there. I'm not saying that. Obviously, there's qualified people watching from the screen, but the qualified people, the unqualified people, to everybody who's not on paper or off, they're not watching in the arena, folks. They are probably not watching with the volume off, which means subject to broadcast bias. Say it with me. I've been saying it for fucking years. It's not an attack on the broadcast. 
not an attack on you specifically. You know, it's just one of those things. Uh, I know I'm already like on a tangent on those things, but uh, but yeah, um, but yes, it, it, it is optics, right? So you know, the optics were so terrible. With even though Kamara was actually tiring um, in that fight as well in the rematch of Utah and Elevation, Edwards' optics were so bad. You know, he just looked like he was quitting. The commentators, even if they weren't and didn't seem wrong at the time, and I'm definitely not trying to hindsight and crucify a, a Din Thomas or anyone in the broadcast booth, right? But yeah, it was so bad that that's, that's why they were saying those things, in fact. So again, if you, if you watched the tape and knew what you were watching, it was an amazing performance and it, you should be pleasantly surprised and that's totally okay. But at the risk of sounding like the hipster that I absolutely fucking am, wasn't that much of a surprise. And you can go rewind the tape from last week's episode and, and watch the actual tape of the fights in conjunction. Um, again, Leon being successful in the clinch, not a surprise here. Leon being able to get up, not a surprise here. Uh, him being able to fight consistency, that was more of the surprise. Um, and again... Uh, even though uh, I made the call and it, you know, and I'm not gonna fucking stand like it was the most confident call because anybody being uber confident in that fight was wrong. So I'm not gonna, I'm gonna do my best to keep that same energy and definitely not try to play Mr. Hindsight or anything like that. Even though I did put my money where my mouth is, both on the money line and a prop. Uh, but but no no, I'm I'm not gonna be Mr. Hindsight about it. Um, because if you go back and read uh, my MMA Junkie in-depth breakdown. I say that uh, I'm going to ultimately side for uh, whether it's a diminished Usman or a Usman who's comfortable with himself again. Uh, I'm still going to take Edwards to edge out the uh, decision on the cards uh, in the good old controversy in England. And that's not a specific slight on the judges, much less even England. But again, let's be honest, throughout all combat sports, I said it before last week, you know, how often do we go through this, right? It happens all the time, even when there isn't any controversy, which was was the main um, the main event. But you just what you did have was you did have some suspect scorecards that I'm not going to go all out on. I was more just kind of laughing and and uh, if anything, victory lapping. If I'm guilty of victory lapping, as far as that goes, saying. Oh, who, which it wasn't any. It shouldn't be anything anyone should really victory lap over, anyways. Because again, I was just reminding you guys of the obvious, which we'll we'll get into with Texas. Which is, guys, we're going into a what's a traditionally a, com, a a volatile market through not just MMA but like all combat sports, right? Um, so like you know, be prepared, and you know, uh, the split decision props were popping, and I think they're gonna prop extra. I'm gonna be extra jealous of you guys who not just can blow the lines up early, but have access to the good lines, whether it's like the round three or decision, rounds one and two. Uh, fight goes to split decision, you know, over so many takedowns or whatever. Like, I'm so jealous. Those are all so fun, and I think I could do well with those. But hopefully you guys can do some damage for your boy here because I think we're in for some of the same this week. Of course, I narrowly scored all the rounds for Edwards and have no issue uh, or it would not have been a surprise for, like, particularly rounds three and four to have gone uh, toward Usman's way on live watch. And people that I trust uh, who didn't know the criteria and do their due diligence and know the sport have kind of felt the same way, roughly within that neighborhood. 
so yeah, if you can say 48, 47 point deduction, well, then it could have been a draw. It's like, okay, okay. Uh, either way, I'm, I'm still considering myself grateful. So, I mean, it's, it doesn't change my opinion either way. I'm, I'm definitely grateful to get the decision. Um, you know, even though it was clear to me, Leon was still going to the legs and body disproportionately. He was fighting off the back foot and countering. And again, I, 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 I've said it at nauseum more than anybody else in the space, folks. It's not a personal slight of the judges. It's just an undeniable fucking fact. Pardon my French. These are were a majority of all BS decisions, particularly BS slash perceived BS decisions, I should say, right? Because even if it's not BS, it's perceived as BS to somebody. Though Anything that falls into that category and that's decided within a, stri a striking realm, um, you know, not like a Viera Kunitskaya kind of fight right, that I often reference and I'll probably reference here shortly because uh, Santos, I should say, is fighting, formerly Kunitskaya. Um, no, I'm talking about, like, you know, uh, within the striking realm. Usually the common thread for those decisions, the fights decided within the striking, contested and decided within the striking realm, chances are the person who lost, and if you thought they should have won, they were probably counterfighting, they were probably targeting the body more. Maybe even the legs more. I will give the judges credit there. I think they're much better at, at, at judging, uh, giving credit to leg kicks, you know? That being said, physical damage shows up easier on the legs than it does the body. And even though, you know, you know, with the head you get the snapback effect and with leg kicks, you get debasing leg kicks, which I, I score, you know, if it's a, if it's based off a of clean technique and, you know, they were already on clean footing prior, you know, it wasn't like he was already slipping or something like they should score. Don't get me wrong. What I'm just saying, these are visual cues to make it a lot easier for the judges. Body shots, even though they're the things that the people who actually fight, the actual motherfuckers fear the most. Judges seem to give the least credit to. And I get it. It falls under cumulative. Yes, you probably see more fights on face value and more toward the head than maybe even more toward the leg than we do toward the body. Um, but then there's all those fights, too, where it's like Teixeira and Yuri Prochachka. It's a five-round war that ends with the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt being the one who submitted. Who could predict that? And when you actually interview him, the guy, the black belt, Teixeira, it's, it, it was a body shot. I just couldn't recover from an initial body shot is what it was. And that's just what I eventually gave up because I just didn't want to take any more to the body. You know, you hear guys say it. I just, like, you see him getting kneed in the body and they're almost, you see him give their head in a clinch. I, I've, I've heard fighters admit to this because the body hurts too much. I would rather take it to the head. But, yeah, let's go ahead and, and keep undervaluing body shots, shall we? Uh, but, yeah, thankfully they didn't. There were some excellent high-level judges like Ben Cartledge in tow for that one, and they scored it the correct way. Um, Paul Sutherland seemed to have himself a night. He was the outlying judge in most of these. So, you know, it sucks because even though I did make that remark, that did prove to be true. I also, on the same breath, you know, I give credit to the Ben Cartledges. Even, you know, I think... Clemens Werner, he's had some like suspect 49 46s, but then I went and be back to watch the fights, and I'm like, you know what, that guy caught some strays I think were undeserved. Um, they've got some really good judges up there, you know, and I said that before, which is unfortunate about how this one kind of went out, because then it was like you had these scores all over the place. But again, volatile judging market. It's just what it is. It's no personal slight to the high level judges who do, go do good that I shout out on this show. Um, it, it's just a volatile market, and we're entering another one. So, let's see if anyone had anything for uh, that one. Da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. Rain Lamina. 
Dan Tom picking Leon Edwards. Destiny Diamond Dude Dan instead of Mystic Dan. I'll, I'll take it. Uh, Guy at Night Lord. Starting to love Leon. Listen to him on his appearance on JR Ear in 2021. 20, He's a real student of the game. Asking questions about techniques. Explaining his own. Yeah, absolutely. Him and his team. And again, I pointed that out. He used the leg kicks from RDA and the get-ups techniques. He used the body works from Covington. Like He laid the groundwork to show that they can learn off the past. So... They clearly did. I can't help but become a bigger fan myself. Ghost Phantom. How did people not see what you were talking about? Uh, the 50-50 clenches. They were really cool overhook and pummeling uh, ideas from Leon. Yeah, I don't I don't get it. I mean, he was literally using the stuff that Kamara uses on other people on him. It was amazing. Um, and if I had more time, uh, I would have uh, put, a, put a clip out just for that because that would have aged well and made me look cool. But I don't have time and it's not really my style. It's just more instead of my ego it's more just annoying from a nerd hip hipster perspective because you just want the evidence is there um, it's it's been there it was there uh Krumbopolis rosen i was surprised leon could kick so well from open stance islam punish hooker throwing an inside low kick from open stance what made uh leon so effective uh, hard to compare apples for apples and that'll probably boggle my brain offhand because i haven't looked at those relooked slash much less looked at your comparison analogy um, but again, it's tough. Um, good technique mixed with, uh, I guess, just built-in weaknesses, you know, uh, whether you want to talk about Kamara's leg, legs injury, susceptibility to injury, status going into the fight. Um, Leon gathering the information that those things could already work at a disproportionately high level, so he leaned into it. Again, the, tr the traditional dynamic I always lay out with the wrestle boxer versus a southpaw kicker, uh, a multi-leveled southpaw attacker. They're going to be dipping into those sides if they have those body-to-head attacks, right? Uh, leg attacks as well. So there's a lot of potential answers for that, really. Um, Ghost Phantoms has been watching on silent. These cards are happening. Broadcast, both has been podcasting since 2010. Really distracting. You know what? I, without mentioning too many names, because it's been all around with names that I respect, um, some of the names I respect most, I will say, when they get together, I feel like it's almost like a podcast every time, like they're just joking around. Like sometimes I, I can get it, like uh, you know, like like uh, you know, again j jumping ahead, Kuk uh, Kunitskaya slash Santos against uh, Julija Storyalenko was such a boring clench fest that literally like Fel Felder and everybody in the broadcast booth. I say Felder because he's a CFFC vet. Um, they were just naming CFFC champions. They spent like the whole round naming CFFC champions because. It was such a such a boring fight, which I definitely forgive them there. I'm not giving them shit, but I understand where you're coming from, too. Um, we'll go to the next fight. Uh, Justin Gaethje defeated uh, Rafael Fazibia. Unanimous decision, I believe, 29-28. Oh, majority, because there was a 28-28, a weird 10-8 there. I think that was Paul Sutherland again. Rio says in Truesdale, says, I asked you this before, but does it make you angry that Justin Gaethje made the... Adjustments to deal with Vaziv switch kick, hoping Vaziv would. Yeah, I mean the adjustment was that he is ironic because he tried to fight conservative, which a lot of you guys and myself agreed that was probably gonna be a bad idea. He'd be more old, Justin Gaethje. That being said, um, I don't think it was me, so I won't take credit for it. But um, perhaps someone else may have said this. Then it's like osmosis is in my head, now it's in my filter. 
But uh, if either of these guys, neither of these guys jab very much. That's what I said. I said neither of these guys jab very much. But I think I heard someone else say to their credit that if one of them just jabbed more, they could probably throw the other off. And we saw that, right? I don't know if I would credit that to the total adjustment to dealing with Fazeev's arsenal. And Fazeev at that point was fading because he was forced to fight at a um, a really high pace. And perhaps he thought he was going to get Justin Gaethje out of there. And again, man, just being able to take stuff and optics. Um, Gaethje can have sometimes worse optics than he actually is because he's been so tired in his earlier fights from WSOF to early UFC. But uh, as far as him just, you know, being too, you know, uh, stubborn to acknowledge pain and Fazeev being someone who was cutting up very easily, obviously, right? Um, in that fight, he really had a lot of visual damage, which is why I hate the word damage and everyone's like, it's all about damage. Damage, damage, damage. And this whole run of, like, re-understanding cri the criteria behind the world damage really did it a disservice and I think people who forefronted it would agree with me because I think even like the Sean Sheehan's and the Dan Urban's and Scott Fontana's of the world are using the actual wording of the criteria as they should they, those guys know it better than most in this space but which is the word is impact or effective striking and grappling right and behind the word damage and the fact that striking was written first and then you get the bad parroting game where it goes oh Oh, oh, it's striking, then grappling. No, it's not striking, then grappling. It's effective striking and grappling. And is not the same word as then. Right? It's and. Um, it's the same value. They're both emboldened. I'm sure that's for a fucking reason. Anyways, uh, but yeah, so and then the, the big disservice of damage is now you get, and you even hear it with like Dominic Cruz, who's like, and I get it, he's almost saying it begrudgingly, I don't think he believes it, it just, you know, it's it's the, but it's getting parroted so hard, a contrarian like Cruz is probably going to run with it and be like, oh, fine, okay, damage, so I guess, I guess, oh, well, look, according to you, then a fucking bloody nose wins the round, technique be damned, cause I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, that's all, that's damage, and he almost gets like fucking like, you know, like, like, I don't want to say passive aggressive because there's nothing really passive about that. But you get what I'm saying. Like he he gets you know indignant about it, right? And I get where he's coming from. I I damn Dan Tom definitely is a bit of a Tom that Tom and a cruise in him. But like you know like I I almost get where he's coming from because that that's the danger with the criteria. You can just kind of run off that. Like there was actually a decent argument that Fazeev won that fight. Um, even though I picked Fazeev, my bets aren't affected by it. So I'm definitely not saying that out of spilt milk. It, he didn't get the KO. My bet was uh, my only bet on that fight was a was a loss. So that didn't affect me at all. That's why I didn't cry over it then. Not crying over it now. I'll be curious to see what I see when I go back to watch it again. There's no time because you got to turn the page. We're on week eight, and I'm, I feel like I'm I'm, I'm gonna die here. Um, but uh, but yeah, speaking of eyes, my eye is getting better by the way. But uh, as I I got off track earlier, I and if you didn't read anything on social media, uh, my eye got better on Friday. And I'm literally like, I got my prescription. It all went successful, and it's my one night where I'm like, I have freedom. <laughs> and I'm like, yes. And I'm literally dancing around my house, going, yes. Shadow boxing. I'm gonna set a schedule, get back to working out. <laughs> Everything's gonna be great. I go to sleep. Not even 24 hours later, I wake up and I have a hernia, and now probably another surgery. So it's it's just I've just been really fucking depressed with that because because long story short. And umbilical hernia really fucked me up a lot long recovery. And I feel like I've pretty much have only been able to work out. Last year was the first year since 2018 I had the first surgery. 
that I've been able to actually kind of get my body both mentally and psychologically feeling back to normal and yeah again I'm very grateful very privileged but you again you want to talk about circumstantial you, you got you know it's yeah so that's why I couldn't get through shit so apologies in advance I'm going to push through and luckily the uh, depression is so bad I wasn't able to get through much uh, tape study this week so we'll, we'll see what I got for you but yeah, man, I'm not crying over the spilt milk of that fight. Uh, I had physique by KO. The analysis was there again, the body kicks and all that stuff. Again, what I'd say, the dynamic of not necessarily southpaw, but if you have a strong switch kick and you have that wrestle boxer, you're going to kind of dip and lean. Uh, you're going to go into those southpaw body kicks and shit like that. So, um, But yeah, good on Gaethje, man. Um, uh, amazing fight. Like, how can you be mad about something like that? So I don't know. I'll have to rewatch it as far as scoring and, and technical uh, talk as far as adjustments go. But that jab uh, really made the difference from my eyes um, in that fight. Um, <clears throat> oh, by the way, we went. I'm fucking all over the place today. Sorry, folks. This is just... One of those weeks. Uh, we went 8-7 and seven overall, so not too great in picks, uh, but 1-0 and in straight plays. 1-0 and in totals. 3-4 and four in the props. 1-4 uh, for the round robins, which means we made nothing from that, which also means we went 0-1 for one in the long shot parlay. And 0-2 and in fight night ads. Gave some back. Probably would have uh, pocketed about, you know, uh, two whole units. Again, these are small wins. Small wins, nothing big. And I'm lucky and grateful to, to get out with them. So no complaints here. Just saying, it's nothing, nothing big, nothing to write home about here, folks. And in fact, I gave some back, which is always the the effing the effing worst. One was a small stupid hedge, which was fine, and the other was I don't know what it was, but it was probably dumb, knowing me. Um, uh, next fight, Gordon Nelson. Cody Nelson defeated uh, Brian Barberena. Um, yeah, that was exactly what it, you know. I'm not one to get all the... Uh, I was just having fun with my undefeated streak betting Brian Barberina as a dog because I realized, I'm like, I'm undefeated when I bet this guy's a dog. I knew it was definitely a chancy pick, which is why the under bet was in play. And, uh, you know, I got the pick wrong. I looked like a dummy, but at least I profited off the fight for what it's worth. Again, it's one of those fights, you know, I know in my defense, I'm not going to bother to defend myself because it's like the John Jones gone fight. You're like, oh. And it would have been the same way, you know. Again, this is probably why I should victory lap in the Leon Edwards fight, right? Because if Leon Edwards would have won, you know, because someone, even like someone in the junkie comments from my article was like, was like, before anybody gets excited, keep in mind Dan Tom picked gone to beat John Jones. See, and you can just take that unfair excerpt and just paste it everywhere. And you, you almost look bulletproof, which is why so many fucking low-level fucking piece of shit never sacrifice the shit that I or you or many others that we watch have sacrificed uh, will go in there and, and tie their horse to John Jones. How fucking brave of you, bitch. I would have had the same thing happen to me here because, I again, you picked another Sal Paul European against an American wrestler, dummy. Um, all right, you know. Uh, someone too came out, you know, the, the props guy were just like, I think everybody's reasoning here is good except for Dan's. Uh, for my uh, Leon Edwards uh, by decision pick. I'm like, yeah, no, I only gave you technical stuff that actually showed through in the first fight, continue to show through in this fight, as well as the juju of the English scorecards, which showed through the entire fucking fight card and cashed every fucking angle I made on that fight. But, yeah, you know, my reasoning was bad. Fuck yourselves. Sorry. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, so, but yes, yes. You open yourself up to that whenever you pick against a fan favorite. Um, and it's one of those two-way fights where, you know, it, it could be one-way traffic kind of either way. Um, you know, so that's that. Jennifer Maia defeated Casey O'Neill. You know me, big fan of Casey O'Neill. 
not going to play retrospect, made the pick, uh, gave reasonings why, but was not confident on it. Uh, said this was a, I did say my defense, this was a dog or pass all day. You don't, I was, even though Team Casey O'Neill here, I was admittedly surprised on the odds, which tells you something, right? Um, so good on Maya, and Casey O'Neill will bounce back from that. That was a, it was a really bad matchup to give her back on a, that was a tough matchup at any point, really. Especially at this point in her career, but especially off the layoff and injury. Like, again, yeah, if, if only the UFC was in the business of actually building these fighters, right? Um, Marvin Vittori defeated Roman Delice. I, watching live, I gotta rewatch this one. Watching live, um, again, the optics were bad, and I don't even know if Vittori's numbers were necessarily, you know. I don't trust the numbers, by the way, but like, as far as going back and watching the tape with eyes of someone who knows what the fuck is going on, not these bullshit stats that are fucking incorrect all the time, from the control time to the wrong fucking person that I just pointed out last week with Amir Khani and what's his name, fucking Hick Diaz, like how long ago did that fight go? How long have y'all had to fucking change that and update this shit? Like, no, it's a it's a crazy well of misinformation that they don't bother to fucking update. And everybody and their mothers from professional broadcast level content creators that are going to be on the actual fucking broadcast. Everybody else polluting you, my, me, and your fucking uncle's ears and in between are going to base their whole entire well of information off a faulty fucking well. <sighs> Stats, bro. Look what everybody said on MMA decisions, too. Don't forget that. Oh. Dan, are you sure you came off a winning night? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but yeah, um, I don't know. So I, I actually got to go be, go back and rewatch it for myself. But uh, hearts out to you, Dolize betters. You know, um, I like Vittori's out of my gym now. I picked Vittori, but uh, you know, doesn't mean I can't fucking God forbid have sympathy for the other side. You know, it's so rare in this sympathy for others in this space. Ooh. We're really bad at that. Again, constant reminders all weekend out of the cage how bad you know the space can be. So, shouts to y'all, real ones, hanging strong here. Jack Shore defeated Makwan Amirkani. Um, yeah, uh, this one went out fairly as planned. I don't know, man. Maybe it was a size difference. Seeing Shore in the scale, um, seeing so many people still on Makwan. Like, don't we all know the book on Makwan by now? You know, but. And I'm not trying to make people who bet Maquan feel bad because I saw some of the points they were making and maybe I let that get in my head. And even though, of course, I didn't get a great number like a plus 1,800, I got half that, like a plus 900. Plus 900 is still a hedgeable number where you don't have to give a lot. And with Amir Khani, the good thing about him, the silver lining to the negatives that people point out is you know how he's going to win. You know, people talk, says you know how he's going to lose. That's true. But you also know how he's going to win. So I did put a small twenty dollars I didn't want to see again, which I didn't. On Amir Khani round one submission, submission. Uh, of course, uh, Jack Short rounds two and three, and Short inside the distance. One of the biggest bets of the night came through, so it was profit, no matter what. Didn't really notice too much of it there, um, as far as that bet went. Uh, Chris Duncan defeated Omar Mor Omar Omar Morales. Um, yeah, uh, there's some up in arms on this score. I haven't rewatched it. I didn't watch it too closely live. Sorry. Um, Yanal Anal Ashmuz defeated uh, Ashmuz 
defeated uh, Sam Patterson. Um, I hope Sam Patterson's okay. Good on Ash Moose. But I hope Sam Patterson's okay. Um, it definitely, I thought, should have been stopped sooner live. Obviously, should have been stopped sooner in hindsight. It still wasn't, to me, like a, 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 a Herb Dean level of ground and pound late stoppage. That man, when it comes to ground and pound stuff, is really bad, which is another reason why I was glad that Derek Brunson's corner threw in the towel uh, in the third Rikers Duplessis fight. <laughs> he can be like, Herb, knife. Keep going. Keep working. <laughs> like, so, um, but yeah, uh, you know, so I'm not going to criticize. Uh, it was a God odd. Uh, it was a good referee. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's a tough one in the moment. I will say if, if it was, it, it was late. I'm not saying it wasn't late. I, I, I just don't know if it was as atrociously late as some of these or like the Kerry Hatley one of, uh, what was his name? The other day, he just let the guy fold like a, like a, till he waited till the guy folded like a folding chair against the fence. Oof. Like it wasn't as bad as, as that. Like you can kind of see how the, uh, how he gets confused. Maybe thinks he's moving, even though he's out in an autopilot and he's just getting rewoken up. That being said, it was still a brutal knockout. I'm not trying to take anything away from that. So I hope Sam Patterson sincerely is okay. Um, Mohamed uh, Makhayev uh, defeated Jalal Filo. That was just a stupid fight. Oh, that was bothersome on the knee. I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I hope uh, the kid can be normal again after that. Um, that was just... That was silly. That was... Ugh. I mean, I get it, you won, you get your win bonus and stuff or whatever, I'm sure, I don't know. Uh, that was just hard to watch, man. Like, you shouldn't be let. you should count, regardless of how he chose to deal with it, he should be counting that as a loss, the fact that he got put in that position for somebody made out, slash making himself out to be that good. But you shouldn't be putting yourself in that position. And, um, yeah, that, that's rough to see. Because I, I genuinely just want good things for the kid, but that's... That's one way to. Lerone Murphy defeated Gabriel Santos. Um, yeah, I, I thought Santos was a live dog. This was a dog or pass. So my heart's definitely with you, Santos betters. Um, I wasn't close enough to weigh in or criticize any judges or rulings on this one, folks. Sorry, but I will give sympathy to Santos betters for what it's worth. I did, I did pick Murphy. Christian Leroy Duncan, I did pick him against... Uh, Durko Jodorovir, but we didn't even get a chance to know if Dusko or Durko showed up because his knee went out. Um, that was that was that was rough. Jake Hadley defeated Malcolm Gordon. Some uh, good body shots there. Again, I don't know. Gordon should have really been fighting. Um, if he was peeing out pieces of his liver, that sounds fucking awful. Why are you clearing people to fight? Uh, Athletic Commission here for the fighter's safety, folks. Yeah, stop weight cutting, you know. Want to make sure you're safe to, you know, continue to pee more out of your liver. Uh, jo Joanne Wood defeated Luana Catalina. Oh, that's why I, I, ended, up, I ended up jumping on the under uh, after uh, talking to my guy Aaron. I followed, followed my guy off that cliff. But, uh, uh, you know, it was a nice number. Took a shot, and Joanne almost got her out of there at the end. But, nope. Um, she got the decision victory, though, so good for her. Jai Herbert defeated Lydia Klein. I did not... Oh, no, it was a draw. Yeah, I didn't watch this one, folks, so I can't tell you. Uh, Veronica Hardy defeated Juliana Keller Miller. Um, 
yeah, good on Hardy, man. Um, and uh, hopefully uh, Miller bounces back, you know. Uh, she's a weirdo, but I appreciate the weird ones. Uh, I mean that in a, a positive uh, in a positive way, because I'm, I'm a weirdo, too. Um, so all best to Juliana Miller. Hopefully she gets back on the uh, proverbial horse there and uh, can, can learn from this, you know. Uh, Veronica is a vet. Um, so, yeah, that closes out that. Uh, all right. See where we're at on time. 47, longer than I wanted there. It's okay. We'll hopefully go faster. I'll clean up the chat and we'll get to uh, UFC. Hmm. All right. The ultimate BS decision during Torres. Yeah. Oh, don't remind me of that one, buddy. Oh, jeez. It heights. Uh, yep, yep. Let me see. Ghost fan of Brian Barberina is known to defeat old welterweights. So it's a pretty good read on the situation. We have to admit, though, that was a cool double armbar setup for Mount. It absolutely was, man. Uh, Gunny is always always fun to watch work uh, in that respect, man. Um, so I'll be curious to see what he does. Um, da -da -da -da. Yeah. My God. Bonitas de Piedra. Mexican monster David Benavidez. And Jesus El Mono Ramos by KO this weekend. Hashtag Arizona, stand up. I'll shout that out. The Piedra in the house. Uh, the real card this weekend is Benavidez versus Plant. I'm sure it's much, much better than this card. I am, I am not excited for this card. Um, wow, way to kill your breakdown excitement. But uh, spoiler alert, I have uh, zero bets going in officially, folks, so far. I'll tell you what I'm looking at, what I got. Um, for UFC, of course, on ESPN 43. They got it a bunch of, it's a mess on best fight odds here. But yeah. Uh, we're going to be breaking down here. UFC on ESPN 43, yeah. UFC San Antonio. Sorry. Give us another retweet and we'll be good to go. the card kicks off we're gonna go top to bottom Corey Sanhagen minus 165 come back on Marlon Chito Vera plus 135 line tightening up which means money coming in on Vera a little bit most people haven't really touched this one um, which I get there we go following someone's advice and retweeting but yeah um Yeah, so I got the in-depth on this one for at, uh, up at MMAJunkie.com. So, yeah, I, I don't blame anybody taking the Vera shots here. I was, you know, I was, I was, I was tempted tempted as, 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 you know, coming in, but I'm trying to push all those inklings aside as best I can, push back any biases as best I can whenever free from them, but just try to run it through the filter and see what I come up with. And this one is really tight, man. It is really tight. Um, I think if it wasn't for Sanhei... I haven't been too big on the Sanhagen's implementation of the wrestling. I get why. Um, but, you know, there are matchups like this where it can either help or maybe hinder. Maybe, you know, he runs into a submission, which I think is least likely. I think he needs to be hurt first. He needs to be a club and sub, which then belies the question. Of course, wrestlers are auto-programmed to shoot. Has Corey been doing it long enough to where he's going to do that if he gets rocked? Corey is kind of hard to be rocked. Um, you know, but we've seen him, you know, take some shots, shoot into a guillotine before with, you know, Ali John Lineker, right? Uh, very, very competitive fight there. Um, 
Marlon Barrett can find those counters. He's got proprioception. He can just find things, you know. He's not a dedicated counterfighter. He can still come forward in combination. Uh, he can even do stuff that I love to do. Like, uh, he's not even a traditional martial arts guy, but he did it in a not as flamboyant setup, but he still essentially did a fake leg kick to get you to check and come up on the other side and hook it. It's something that I particularly like to, you know, um, as a southpaw, mainly facing people in an orth, you know, open stance matchup. And especially my point karate days, my more flexible days, uh, I was a big hook kick. I could get around someone's guard, feign out their forward guard, and kick around and hook hook to their, their chin. Um, and I didn't understand feints as much, so I had a hard time creating uh, those opportunities with the hands. But what I did find in my point karate days, and I was able to adapt this to where instead of using it to a hook, I would do something more of a fake leg kick and then go... Um, liver kick switch switch liver kick once I if I if I can get them to go up on one leg and and draw their leg up like a flamingo stance to try to check the kick if I can sell that hard um, I don't even have to throw the leg kick I can parlay that momentum and then switch and hit them liver right if they're stepping back and kind of checking I can fake leg kick and then sh with the rear uh, with the rear which is the right leg from orthodox stance and then shuffle forward and fling a lead front left front kick to the chin or stomach teep you know, he doesn't have to be something as flamboyant as a hook kick. But Cheeto Vera was able to draw that out of Font, I believe, and get Font to kind of lift one knee up. And he he just kind of ghosts through the kick, uh, throws it away, and then just comes up with a hook kick. He actually might have actually drawn it out with the hands first, actually, and then hook kicked around the guard. Uh, so pardon me if I'm brutalizing that. But the basic theme, what I'm speaking to, is there. And that's a very much traditional martial arts thing, and that very much does not seem that of Cheeto Vera's uh, background of a you know uh, a street fighting kid in Ecuador, um, you know, uh, and very uh, you know, it's the fight game, so this isn't a criticism, folks. Um, but he's he definitely does not. He, it's just funny because he lives more like a martial artist than most of them, but his attitude is definitely not a martial artist. He's kind of a shithead in there, folks. And he's a fighter. He should be. He should be a mean shithead. He should be. I'm, just, I'm not saying it as a negative to shit on... I like Cheeto. Just saying he's a mean little shithead in there. <laughs> you know? I, I don't even think he would disagree with that. It's, it's kind of what you're supposed to be and makes him really effective. Um, so you don't got to worry about that. He's a guy that's going to fight for your money. He may give rounds and make you sweat, but he's going to fight for your money. Um, <clears throat> both these guys like to go to the body and legs, which is going to be good because they both, although they both are good about going to the body and legs, they both can be hit to the body and legs. Um, particularly Vera to that body. Uh, he's gotten better at checking leg kicks. Both Sanhagen and Vera have gotten better at checking leg kicks. Sanhagen more mobile mobile so he's a little harder to hit to that body although it becomes even more of a target because he is mobile and evasive you should be aiming for that body more um, he's got a bit of a longer torso so it's a target there same with uh, Vera these are these are very long bantam weights um, so there will be some size parity um, despite you know the three inches in reach difference Vera won't f won't look or feel like he's three inches shorter and he actually has a half inch of reach technically for whatever that's worth so yeah these are very long bantam weights here um it's going to come down to the last three rounds 
Those are obviously Vera's money rounds for a finish. So if anybody's sprinkling for late round finishes, Vera's the side there. I don't blame you. It's one of the few things we're sprinkling on in this fight, probably. Um, but I, I feel like these guys are both just too ridiculously tough. And Vera, unlike a bulk of his fights, uh, recent fights, um, well, maybe not San Diego uh, with Cruz, who is a mover too, but it's a more advanced Cruz who doesn't move as much, doesn't move as fast, doesn't move as effectively, and I believe is even DC, I believe, pointed out in commentary, he will stand in front of you more than more than you'd like to stereotype in your head, especially at that later stage career. Um, so yeah, he's going to have to be in the big octagon with somebody who's in their prime utilizing that youthful movement in Sanhagen. Um, so that's going to be, that's definitely going to be something, 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 something to think about there. I think that could potentially frustrate Vera. I think Sanhagen can stay on the same game. And um, even though he has a bit of a side where he can be coaxed into a brawl too, um, I feel like there's more consistency and control on Sanhagen's side, which is probably what has me leaning toward him. And even though he's not as damaging of a fighter, and again, you want to talk about optics, this is where Cheeto almost cheats and why I said in the last couple fights, uh, do not be surprised if you could win a decision, even in this kind of a fight where I'm picking Sanhagen by decision, um, is because, again, how impact... I'm trying not to use the damage word, but again, impact and effective striking is judged and graded, right? These big moments can really steal it, unfortunately, still. Uh, I'm not saying it's not, unfortunately, as in it's incorrect. A lot of times it is. I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, it makes it so subjective that you get a big headshot and you don't see certain other shots. You can just make the case for one side. The rest of the round work be damned. I don't agree with that, but you get what I'm saying. There are certain scenarios that can lend to that. Um, unfair, uh, you know, uh, characterizing, if you will. Uh, and yeah, Vera wears damage very well and gives it very big. Um, Sanhagen, again, hard to hurt, uh, but I wouldn't say that, you know, he wears damage, you know, no offense, pale white dudes out there. He's a pale white dude. I imagine he's going to, he's going to show some damage unfairly there. You know, the redness and the bruising, right? Uh, a little more disproportionately in that, in that, in that respect. So Vera still very live to, uh, get a decision here. And Sanhagen, even though he's got knockout power, it's more kicks and knees than it is his actual punches, right? Kicks, knees, accumulated body work. Both the guys, they kind of have a similar style of, uh, you know, they're definitely finishers and dangerous on the feet, but it's not like exactly one-punch KO power. That being said, speaking of elbows, um, Sanhagen has really embraced the elbows a lot, a lot. He's been carving up, you know, they've been talking about Cheeto's recent opponents. Like, Sanhagen's been carving dudes up too. Even Dillashaw, you know, sliced him up pretty good. I think it was based off of a punch, but was able to open it up, pick at it more with elbows if memory serves on that fight um, from round two onward. And, uh, yeah, Sanhagen's really been working a lot with those intercepting elbows. Obviously came in handy in his last fight against Song. So, um, yeah, I actually ended up slightly siding towards Sanhagen. Again, the big cage, uh, the body work, the leg work, the variation. Um, it's pretty much one of the two. It's either going to be a guy like Sanhagen that's long, it's got the same tools, just as familiar, just as dangerous as Cheeto in a way, and can dance and use the outside, frustrate him and fight smart, or somebody that's going to smother Cheeto and frustrate him like Jose Aldo did, back riding him or riding him on top, right? Those are pretty much the only people that, you know, I would pick to beat a, a Cheeto Vera, right? Which is why I kind of want to see him fight uh, Marab Devalishvili. I think he's one of the only people that probably could beat Marab, you know? So that's a real interesting 
those two, seeing where they kind of juxtapose is interesting to me, which would make perhaps a Vera win more appealing in that regard, right? Definitely wouldn't be upset at that if any of y'all are on Vera. It's good. Go for you. Go you. I'm not, I don't got any money on this fight. I don't think I want to put money on this fight, but I'm going to pick Sanhagen by decision. Anybody have any comments on that one? Nope. Going to go down to Holmber Santos. The fight you guys were all here for. Holly Holm minus 250. Uh, Yana Santos, formerly Kunitskaya, formerly Mama Kunitskaya. Now she's actually a mother, so that's that's just creepy and stop, Dan. Um, plus 200. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, I. that's another reason. I'm like, yeah, like, dude, between... Yeah, between... Uh, <clears throat> battling the depression of your hopes and dreams of potential surgery if that is not enough I have to watch the clinch battle of Storyalenko and Kunitskaya come on what is um, yeah I lost I was joking with my guy Fenyo uh, from the fight site uh, excellent excellent analyst love that Fenyo um, but uh yeah, I was like, I, lo I literally lost a day of tape study. It's not that it took that long to get through their decision clinch fists, which do take a long time. It was just, I kept nodding off, man. It was just making me tired. Like, I, all I want is sleep. All I, you know, you know, those of you, I'm talking about like, you know, I'm not talking about, you know, uh, you know, uh, the knockoff depression. I'm talking about the real depression, you know, you know, like the real, I'm not talking about, the, I'm not talking about NyQuil. I'm talking about the real codeine cough medicine, the old school shit. You know what I'm saying, guys? I'm not talking about that literally. I'm just making that analogy as far as when, when one refers to the real stuff. Um, those of you who understand, you know, the, the real depression is <laughs> the, the biological shit. Uh, you can't help. It's like, uh, it's like, uh, pardon me while I make light of a subject in effort to feel better about it. But it, it, it's like, yeah, it's... It, <laughs> It's like it's like uh, that that you know that footage is it Khabib or Marab swimming upstream like as is, but I'm like now I gotta like stay awake already like I I already just want to pass out and sleep all day with this shit like now I gotta watch this uh, this clench fest over here and it was just oh it was boring uh, basically Santos is the more aggressive clincher so Holly Holmes penchant for clenching um, could get her into trouble if she doesn't. Um, put pedal the metal and is able to score takedowns which I do believe she's the better wrestler technically and as I said in previous breakdowns if you go read my Kunitskaya cyborg breakdown um, I actually said in plain English in that breakdown that uh, you know when I was trying to lay out possible pathways for Kunitskaya even though obviously I picked cyborg for that fight it's like maybe she could you know try to stall some time in the clinch like home but the problem is she's not as skilled or as athletic as home right and I do believe that still holds true even at this advanced stage of Holmes' career at 41. Um, that being said, if that athleticism and skill doesn't bail her out with takedowns and she's stuck in the clinch, um, she's going to be receiving the more damage and will be therefore deemed probably the, the less effective and impactful striker on the judges' scorecards. And even though that Jackson Wink Camp are consistent round winners, and even though I mean that as a diss as much as a compliment, it is a compliment. As far as I mean, I, I I use stuff from the the Greg Jackson playbook, the overselling of the of the strikes because you know it judges in your shot. I use that same shit when I'm in the corner. It's, it's fucking genius. It works. You know, um, you know the late late round flurries. That shit works, right? Like that stuff still works. It's still human psychology, right? 
Um, so I'm not, sh I'm not, I'm not obviously like completely shitting on it here, but like there are parts of that that is outdated. Like late round flurries still work, but making it a late round takedown, I don't know if that's going to seal the deal for you. That doesn't really trick the judges these days. They're they're trained better than that. They know better than that. Okay. Um, it's not, and if they're following the criteria, it's not going to apply. So I could see her and her camp still thinking that it's like 2010 in that regard. And she's, even if she's winning these rounds and they're close, maybe home dives into the clinch to try to secure it. But all she does, as we saw, I definitely have to find out, being on the wrong side of Caitlin Vieira, both when they fought home and Santos. Boy, is that fucking pain in the ass. Oh, okay. Okay, glad we're giving... Uh, anyways. But, like, um, it was just like... Uh, what was it? The uh, Kunitz Sky one. It's like, yeah, you, you saw at the end of the round three, like, the damage that, that Kunitz Sky can actually create in a small window there. Um, so it's like Holly Holm, could, in other words, Holly Holm could totally risk giving these rounds away that she's winning at the very end of them if she does that. Or giving them away from the jump if she gets in a panic and just starts pushing toward the clinch. Like their sparring sessions were apparently wild when they used to train together and I believe that, but that's also probably because Yana is just kind of a more wild and frantic fighter. She's tried to polish that by working more from polished from the clinch and even trying to work a bit more polished from space in these last couple camps at American Top Team. It was a short sample size and she still got caught off the break and in space, but at least in the beginning she showed much more responsible uh, clinch entries, Yana Santos slash Kunitskaya there when she fought, uh, what was it, Arain Aldana uh, last time out, right? Um, the thing is, like in that fight, like in the third round of Aspen Lad, like in the third round of Marion Renault when she gets her nose busted open. And that's been a theme since that Marion Renault fight, right? Something to watch out for, those busted open noses. Um what's the common culprit there? Left sided strikes. Again, she didn't face she hadn't faced any southpaws. Uh so there won't be really anything there on the Southpaw report, although I'll probably just bear repeating this. And it sucks the only two other names on the Southpaw report is uh it was funny. Like, I went through the card, and I'm like, yep, Altamirano, Salvador, Cowan, Vidal. Definitely ain't fucking looking into those fights and wasting me or anyone's time. And sure enough, those are the Southpaws, which means I have to look into it to complete the Southpaw report. <clears throat> <clears throat> Anyways. Um, but yeah. Uh, and, you know, especially lovely after spending so much time looking into this shit show um, that is just bet to pieces. And uh, yeah. So, between left-sided strikes and it being the big cage, and more often than times, you can bank on the weird conservative side of people who have a history with each other. I'm going to go with home in that kind of a fight. Not confidently. As a pick, much less confident enough to bet any kind of chalk, much less 2-1 to one chalk, or, you know, even the minus 150 decision stat. I mean, we're in Texas here, folks, you know? Um, it just has to be competitive. Not even... Look at Andre Ull and Jonathan Martinez. People are still saying, people I respect on their breakdown podcast are still repeating, just because it says it on the record, that uh, Andre Ull beat Jonathan Martinez when he did not. He got his body, legs crushed. I think he even got his arm fractured in that fight. It's fucking hilarious. I don't know how he still he lost that fight. We're going back to the same state, folks. We're not in, we're not in uh, H-Town uh, or Dallas or was it H-Town where a lot of those uh, suspect ones were, but still. We'll see, we'll see who Texas digs up for this one. Um, we'll probably have my guy Kerry Hatley, the aforementioned, doing double duty. You know? 
I'm sure that'll only help his uh, late stoppage or early stoppage propensities there, right? Making him double duty there. Texas, one of the few places they allow him to double duty, ref and judge, as if one job isn't hard to fuck enough. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'm extra jealous of y'all who get to bet the split decisions this week because that's where I see this fight going. Um, I only put it as a lean or as a bet. I can't remember, but I don't have it at my house, so this is one of the only times where... Forgive me, I'm not putting my money where my mouth is. Believe me, you know I fucking would. And my betting record would be way better, too, if I had the same lines that y'all had. But, uh, enjoy it. Austin Lingo, plus 180. Nate Landwer, plus 225. I, I didn't even look at this fight. I'll probably end up picking Landwer. Should be a good fight, though, because, um, you know, both guys, um, love to throw them hands. Andrea Lee, plus 225. Macy Barber, minus 275. Ugh. A hard time picking Andrea Lee fights. Not confident picking Barber fights, especially after, you know, I'm just still haunted by that Miranda Maverick, Macy Barber decision, too. That was just another awful one for the books. Hi, Macy Barber! I'm the future! Sorry, that's all I hear every time she talks. It's... It fucking shoot me. Um, I'll probably take Barber again with optics like Andrea Lee like always looks like she's on the verge of like I just can't get like that UFC 242 fight I know it was like super hot octagon on that Khabib card in Abu Dhabi um, but uh, I just I, I, I can't get that uh, vision of her just like she's always like seems like she's hurt and gassed and like even if she's winning around she looks like she's losing around which is bad again optics optics are huge and Macy Barber has great optics, even though she's punching the air and fucking doing nonsense pretty much the whole time that she's not in the clinch. But, uh... Sorry. And then you got fucking Andrea Lee. Donnie! Uh, <laughs> yeah, that said, uh, part of me is rooting for Lee, even though, you know, she wins. Uh, I did not see that coming. Play on words there. Donnie? Uh, all right, I'm going to move on before I say anything else. Get myself in trouble in that fight. Uh, we got uh, Manel Cop, minus 175. Alex Perez, plus 145. I actually ran this fight through the comb, went back to watch these guys because both of them have been like just snake bitten, kind of mainly Perez, but even Cop, I, I realized he was pretty much out a whole year and then came back and fought Dvorak on the card that I was flying back from Hawaii on, so I missed, right? So he's been off my radar despite training in my backyard. You guys know I'm a big Perez fan. Perez actually kind of out in my backyard. Looks like he's moved over to Syndicate for this camp. Um, you know, which is good but also worries me. I was a little worried because I know, you know, I feel like, you know, between Cheeto Vera leaving Team Oyama, I don't know what's going on with Smoka. Um, it, you know, it feels like that camp kind of, you know, dissipated a bit. Um I don't know what's going on. I don't want to be unfair there. I'm just saying from a, an ignorant outsider perspective, which is mine. Um, so I was wondering where he was training for this camp. So good that he found somewhere, somewhere close, somewhere, you know, with uh, a bunch of bodies in the gym that he can work with, etc., so forth. But yeah, I, like I said, it's not a knock or a, a skepticalness or anything. It just doesn't matter where you go. There's that adjusting period, right? And that's something to think about here, um, which sucks because I just I hate that they're giving Perez like all these tough guys, man. And it's not that it's unjustified because me and other analysts that I respect, like the Ed Gallows of the world and whatnot, uh, I don't want to speak for Ryan Wag, but like 
a lot of analysts I respect appreciate this guy. We all rate him highly as a high-level flyweight, but man, he has just gotten such bad luck and circumstances. Just go look at Alex Perez's tapology. And everybody, and of course, because MMA is so sympathetic and understanding and context and, you know, just win, bro. <laughs> and if I was just like one of those, bro, if I was all super bro and, you know, fucking selective in my beliefs up on here, maybe I would have better followers and, and things too. But anyways, the nature of the game is what it is and people like Alex Perez get shit on. And naturally, I am sympathetic toward that because I see that tapology canceled and all these things that are beyond his circumstances that the dude's been dealing with actually goes on, you know, since the pandemic and before. The guy's had some really weird luck. Um, I see that and I, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm not uh, a pro athlete. I wouldn't compare myself apples to apples for any of these people, obviously. Uh, I'm fucking way down there. But I'm just saying, as far as adversity goes, like, I relate to that. Yeah, man. You know, the guy that just can't seem to get healthy, you know, can get, I have one fucking healthy year out of, out, of, out of five or six, like, you know, one surgery or something alone might not sound that bad, but when it's multiple just surgeries and concussions, broken hands, knees, meniscus, it just gets old, man. I just want to fucking just do this instead of breaking it down, sitting behind the computer and wasting my body and life and lasted my physical prime away. Um, so yeah, I, I fucking get it, man. I fucking get it. And I sympathize like dudes with, you know, Alex Perez going through that. And the meanwhile, trying to start a family, having a, I had his first baby like last year or something. Wanted to spend time with this kid as well. Like those are the important things, man. Am I really going to hate on a dude for that? Right? Like, come on now. Um, that being said, I, 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 oh, I hate this fight for him. I do. Uh, I think it's going to be potent two-way streets because, uh, as I said in the Southpaw report, um, Perez, he's officially 1-0. He beat Carlos John de Thomas, who I forgot was a Southpaw. And um, he does what he does against all Southpaws. Like when Figueredo Benavidez showed him a Southpaw look, both those guys are switch dance fighters, officially. And Perez showed... He didn't jab as much as I like, which is always a bummer, but he showed, like, feints as he worked his feet and to get in and toward the outside foot awareness angle. Uh, really liked open stance kicks and really built well off those, going to the legs and body, which is good. Um, but, which you could also say uh, the same in orthodox, by the way, he, he, something about him is just susceptible to counterpunching, it feels like. And... Uppercuts and knees in particular are going to be live. Of course, I say knees. You guys already know. Yeah, Manel Cop. He's already got one kill in the UFC with his flying knee, right? Uh, throw some decent uppercuts too. And obviously, he's a counter striker from both. He can really flow and really find and, and, and feel with the things, you know. And you give him a little bit of an opening, he can run away with it, right? It can be very dangerous, you know. Um, I don't think Nicolau was as hurt, like I was saying earlier in the podcast, as commentary was making in that third round, but I can totally understand why they would interpret it that way because regardless of how hurt Nicolau actually was, only he knows that, right? Not me, not you. Um, the fact is, Cap is so dangerous in those moments, man. Those are life or death moments. Um, so even though it all seems uncharacteristic, it does seem to kind of show up early, usually in the form of submissions. That's what bites Alex Perez in the butt, even though he actually is a good submission fighter himself. Again, offense can be good. Doesn't mean your defense is good, right? And, you know, there are those suspicions, unfortunately, with Perez, even though 
it was like a super sloppy and it was a crazy exchange with one of the best dudes in the division with Pantoja and it was a net crank not a clean finish he still got him out of there he still ran through him by Perez's own admission right you know it is what it is um, shout out to my guy goes there he hates that saying but you know gotta say it once in a while um, but yeah uh, that is that is definitely worrisome right that being said when you look at Manel Kopp um, the guy's got bad kick defense and when I look at just like what I'm saying you know Marlon Chidevera Marab who are the type of styles to beat these crazy styles when I do that question with Manel Kopp it's it's very similar in the sense of it's either going to be a guy who is just going to wrestle him because even though he's a really good scrambler and comes from a jiu-jitsu background um, Manel makes a lot of his money on the feet obviously right and in the UFC you really you really gotta you know Again, you really got to have your submission game in order. Um, good submission guys, black belts get submitted all the time in this game. I've already referenced a bunch just in this episode offhand, right? Um, and Alex Perez, we haven't seen him do it lately because we haven't really seen, we haven't got to see much of him lately. But, you know, you go back to that Jordan Espinosa fight uh, and, and fights before that, like it's not uncommon for him to take dudes down, you know, whether it is quick finishes or his, or the couple decision wins that he actually has. Because he's more of a do-or-die kind of a guy, Perez, as you would at least stereotype from his record. But you go actually and watch the tape, and you watch the decisions. Um, it's a lot of wrestling in there. This guy was a wrestling coach. It was, it was a high, it was, he, he can wrestle at a high level. He's a really talented wrestler, even though he doesn't have the you know, you know, Big Ten championship sort of to his name or anything like that. Um, he comes from a you know, a, a really good region in California for wrestling. Uh, with good wrestling programs, um, Selma, uh, Lamore, um, just representing that area, um, and the dude's got a good submission game. He's got got heavy power, uh, real devastating kicks. Again, goes to the body and legs, and cap both by the stats. And act, again, you can't listen to the stats because they don't count checks, and the numbers are just wrong. So I have to actually go and watch the tape. Unfortunately, right? And when I went back to watch the tape, no, he's actually getting hit by a disproportionate amount of body and leg kicks. So it's either going to be someone who wrestles him or it's going to be a good kicker. And Perez can do those things. Now, I don't think, you know, he can... Uh, it's hard to say he can do those things consistently because he hasn't had a chance to do them consistently, right? But yeah, um, not that Cop is the most consistent fighter either, but this seems like just like the perfect fighter to like uh, kind of stunt on... Uh, Perez here, unfortunately. Uh, my heart's with Perez. I hope he scores the upset, but um, this feels like a, a Manel Cop uh, a Manel Cop victory here. Um, that being said, uh, I I, I want to feel like say it's dog or pass, even though Manel Cop's actually getting in the territory. If like, if you want, if you were feeling bullish and wanted to bet him, like go ahead. And I guess that, that's that's your that's your thing. I I wouldn't feel that confident because again, um, if my guy Perez, even though I picked. I'm picking cop here. Um, you bet your ass I'm going to be happy and fucking you're going to think that I bet Perez because I'm going to be so happy for him because like the Jonathan Martinez, he's just the guy who just gets unfairly shit on. It's ridiculous. You know, everyone brings up the Joseph Benavidez fight. Like you got to hear by Joe Southpaw. Joe primarily fights Southpaw. But he's a switch stance fighter. That's what he lists himself as officially. And Joe himself said in that fight, he's a clash of heads that sparks everything off. 
but nobody ever mentions that one either so it's just like oh geez and I've been meaning to do a Juicy Formiga Alex Perez thing like uh taking like the score from the Kill Bill movie that I like fits like it's a weird score you wouldn't think fits and I was going to edit it over his like thing I've been meaning to do that for like years now and just no time folks so hopefully I will pushing on pushing on um hopefully the rest of this is fast because I don't I haven't had time to tape much of this I'm just going to tape by the bare minimum I I don't even know if I want to even bet any of this stuff um Durai, I was kind of asking to be bet because he opened as the favorite, but public money pushed him to a dog, plus 145. Versus Cheating Ninja Kwani, minus 175. The thing is, it's a big cage, and even if it was the small cage, I don't know if I could trust Durai up to wrestle. Um, looks like he's getting after it hard in the Extreme Couture room. We'll see if I still pick him. Don't be surprised if I don't. And if I do, don't take it as a confident pick. Um, I picked Cheaty last time out to beat Hobo Cop by a first-round knockout, and he almost fulfilled that, and then uh, didn't, right? So uh, I got to watch the tape on this one, so I'm not even going to say stuff. Otherwise, I'll just get myself in trouble. Follow me at DanTomMMA. Um, see my quick picks and prognostications at MMA Junkie that drops every fight day, and, of course, every fight day at DanTomMMA on Twitter. I post my picks and plays. Uh, we got uh, Daniel Pineda. Plus 225, Tucker Lutz, Tucker Lutz. I don't know why I say his name like that, but it just feels like it should be said that way. Um, Pineda looks like a big dog price. Like, I'm sure it's for a reason, but uh, I don't know, man. That is one number that jumps out to me. That's that's pretty attractive. Uh, who knows? Again, maybe I look into it and I go, oh, yeah, I'm picking Tucker Lutz. That's why the line's like that, so... These are just my first impressions. We got uh, Lucas Alexander, whoever the fuck that is, uh, plus 125. Um, Steven Peterson, Detective Sterling Peterson, the Chicago Police Department, minus 150. You don't see that guy as a favorite much. That says something, but uh, I uh, will go with uh, Steven Peterson. He's very tough, well-rounded, brown belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, comes from a good camp. Uh, I'll probably end up taking him. Uh, Preston Parsons versus Trevin J. Giles. I don't know how much tape study I would do in a, a J. Giles fight. Uh, I'm probably going to pick Parsons. Uh, but I will say J. Giles has a good guillotine, and Parsons will be pressuring him and probably going for takedowns. So um, I'm curious what J. Giles' sub is if you're looking for a fun flyer there. But I would not pick uh, J. Giles uh, or invest in that fight seriously. Pick his Parsons. CJ Vergara, CJ Laverga. Danny, that's mean. I don't know why I just, just don't say that. Uh, CJ Vergara is minus 250. Daniel Da Silva, Daniel La Sierra, however you want to say it, plus 200. Um, probably going to pick Vergara here, but uh, don't have much to say there. Uh, Manuel Torres, minus 155. Trey Ogden, plus 130. Um, Manuel Torres uh, probably iced somebody that I bet on, I'm guessing, or picked against, or I don't know. Let me see here. But I know he opened as a bigger favorite, so... Ugh, not that I want to even look or get invested into these kind of fights. Oh, Frank Camacho, that's right. Oh, poor Frank. Um, ugh. Yeah, do I want to... Do I want to... Bet, bet the person that uh, defeated one of my dudes there? No, so did Justin James, but Justin James is obviously my dude, though, too, so... Who cares? But yeah, I don't know. I don't, why, why, why do you want to get involved in these fights? I hate it. I wish I could go like with the strategy of my guy Clint, where like he starts at the prelims and then goes from there and like goes and mines for gold there, and like my that that totally fits my contrarian sensibilities. But so many limited time, and I am paid to break down the opposite end of the card. So 
You would think that the matchmakers would book the good fights there, but they they, they usually don't a lot of times, it feels like. Um, all right, uh, next fight. Yeah, I'll probably end up picking Torres. I don't know if I bet him, but, you know. Line's moving that way if you like him or feeling bullish. Vinicius Salvador. Who the fuck opened as a favorite? Who the fuck knows? It's pretty much a pick him still. He's minus 115. Victor Altamirano, minus 105. I don't know. I got to look into this one for the Southpaw Ford, unfortunately. As do I have to look into it with Haley Cowan, minus 128. Tamiris Vidal, plus 104. Check my Twitter at DanTomMMA because I'll have to comment on those fights for the Southpaw Report at the very least and post a pick on them on fight day. Sorry, it wasn't a great show uh, this week. Um, yeah, not feeling it. We'll see if I end up with... Uh, any bets, I'll post them at the usual places. Action Network. Appreciate you guys for hanging out, liking the video, subscribing, um, and all that good stuff. All right, no questions, which is probably good. Let's get the fuck out of here. Uh, recap my picks and plays. Or picks, because there's no plays. Uh, taking Sanhagen over Vera. Taking home over Santos. Taking Landwehr over Lingo, more than likely. Probably taking Barber over Lee. Who knows? Check, check. Quick picks on fight day. Taking Cop over Perez by Hearts of the Perez. We'll see who I take and derive Chidi Check my uh, main card quick picks. MMA Junkie on fight day at Dan Tom MMA. I post everything there, including my picks and plays. Uh, leaning toward Pineda as a dog, but we'll see where I end up on that fight. Um, probably siding with Peterson over Alexander. Um, that's Pineda over Tucker Lutz. Sorry, I don't have to say it that way. Um, I'll take my guy Preston Parsons over Jay Giles. Driving good Giles. Um, I'll probably end up taking CJ Vegata. CJ Vegata over uh, Daniel De Silva. Daniel De Silva. Uh, <laughs> if I take Miguel Torres, <laughs> Miguel Torres, Manuel Torres over Trey Ogden. Probably will take Vinicius Salvador over Victor Altamirano. Who knows with Haley Cowan and Tamiris Fidal. Check me at Dan Tom MMA on Fight Day. No picks or anything I'm really looking to at, maybe. You know, again, I'm curious to see where I end up on Pineda Lutz. Maybe he's take a dog shot there. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm not liking this, man. And then you add in the suspect scorecards. Like, I would just spam bet everything to go to split decision. Uh, and see what I come up with. Anything I deem competitive. Uh, my guy, MMA Guru, not the Guru, Beanie. Um, smelly dude or whatever. Shout out to my guy Ben Cohen who made a video on that guy. Uh, I'm talking about uh, chronic combat conversations. Um, he asked me what what fights would I bet the split. I would bet it in the main event, San Hagen Vera. I would bet it in the co-main event for sure. Those two for sure. Um, I mean, if you if, if if I end up thinking that Landwehr and Lingo have a chance to go to decision, I would bet it there. I would bet it for Barbara and Andrea Lee. Oh yeah. Um. Perez and Cape are going to get plus money if it goes to the decision. So if you want to be contrarian, just bet that. I wouldn't worry about it there. Wouldn't worry about it for Durayev and Ninja Kawani. Regardless of which side, that's going to be vol too volatile for a finish. Um, Pineda's a do-or-die fighter, so I would lay off it there. Peterson's tough. I, I don't know Alexander's side of the equation, so I have no clue. Jay Giles, I would... I mean, press, I, I, I feel like it's too volatile for a finish. Um... Daniel De Silva has a bit of do or die in him, so maybe a little too volatile there. Yeah, I would say 
probably volatile for most of the prelims minus the female fight. And then, yeah, I would take the female fights and the main event for a split decision. I I guarantee you one of those, or at least, at least one of those will hit. Uh, all right. Good luck with your picks and plays. Share uh, at Dan Tom MMA. Like all that fun stuff. Whatever. I care less. Dan Tom Jerkoff Jeff. Uh, yeah. Good luck in your picks and plays. And always protect. Yes.